Well, welcome this morning. We're continuing our theme, and I want to, because I know that last week was a long weekend, a few people were away, I want to just recap on that at the beginning of our time. But I want to, I, I want to talk about this because I think this is just so significant and important for us. Um, our world is changing. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with that or not, the fact is that it's going so fast now that we can't actually keep up with it. Uh, we were talking about it, the leadership, and Rod said the thing that scares him most is uh, the way in which the world is changing and what jobs can our kids get. Things are changing so fast. I, I don't know about you, I know that what I was trained for uh, way, way back in the 60s and 70s, I, I could have had several jobs between then and now. I could have had several jobs. And they keep changing and things that I got trained for then no longer relevant and things keep going on and moving on and 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 I want us to be able to say as a church family how do we cope with that I mean how does that happen let me read to you first of all before we have a look at, at what I want to say uh, reading in Matthew chapter 4 beginning at verse 23 Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogue preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every sick, uh, disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. People were brought to him, all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. Something new had come. The kingdom had come. And the characteristics of the, come, of the kingdom were expressed in his presence and in his behaviour. And I want us to think for a moment uh, this morning about this whole notion of uh, the kingdom now. From that time on, I just, I just read to you, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So in a world that's changing, where is our anchor? You might have seen my little note in the, in the bulletin. Where is our anchor? Where is the foundation stone for us to be able to cope with the swift winds of change. I want to say to you that it is not in our world. We will be blown over, we will be passed by as irrelevant. If we continue to behave as though the things of our world are the heart of who we are. I'm wanting to say to you that the reality is that our kingdom is the kingdom of God. Where we live is the kingdom of God. And what we need to do is to move more closely into that kingdom and to begin to be, believe and behave according to that kingdom because that kingdom will provide us with the resources that we need to live in this kingdom. Let's move on a little bit. Let's just recap for a moment. The kingdom is about uh, the presence of the future. The presence of the future is now with us. The presence of the king is now with us. The royal rule of the king is now available to us and his ruling in our lives gives us access to all of the characteristics of the king and the kingdom. He provides those things but he does not push those things upon us. We need to move as disciples of Jesus Christ and move into those things and ask for those things and live in those things by our choice. The future is here to stay. Jesus has come, and until he comes again, the future is with us, as yet through a glass darkly, but it is here. It will reach full-blown fruition 
when Jesus Christ comes again. And you'll have seen the signs out in the world of the, of the, the imminence of the return of Jesus. One of the signs, earthquakes, fires, wars, etc., that's already happening. The second one is beginning to happen. And we're seeing that we're not too far away. Not yet, because the signs are not clear. The future here is here to stay. And the future will be fully revealed in its consummation. That's just a, a, a very brief um, line-up of what we were talking about last week. It changes our perspective and our perception of reality and equips us to be wise in our present world. Knowing about these things and having the honest uh, behaviour of the king behind us and living in his presence and his power gives us the possibility of being able to do and be the things we're supposed to do and be in this world that's changing so quickly. Seeing the kingdom then, just very quickly, the kingdom is, uh, of God is a new world. We see it by rebirth. It is not available to those who are not prepared to come and give their lives into Jesus' hands. And that's a good percentage of our world. And so immediately, as we step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're beginning to understand that there are two kingdoms and occasionally the kingdoms clash. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. This is something that is not available to people in our world. It is available to those who come by faith to God and seek to live in the presence of his power. The kingdom is the theme of Jesus' ministry, not just in his teaching, but in his behaviour. And what's fascinating is once he gets going, once he begins to do the things of the kingdom, the crowds come because they're amazed at the things he does. Once we in our world have come to grips with who the master is, the crowds come because they cannot believe what would happen when the king takes over. Matthew 5 and 6 and 7 is the teaching of the kingdom. You read 5, 6 and 7, those are the characteristics of the kingdom. Chapter 8 and 9 is the healing of the kingdom. In Matthew, this is the devotion of Matthew to all of these things. And Matthew 10 is empowering the 12. So we have this pattern. Jesus teaches, then he does, then he equips and sends his people out into ministry. And that's what he's doing with us. You might say, well, if we anchor ourselves in this kingdom and look for this God in this kingdom to care for us, how are we going to do our mission? Well, the fact is, he will teach you about the kingdom, he will give you the experience of his action in the kingdom, and he will equip you. He will do the things that you need him to do. Jesus Christ is the kingdom present. Listen to John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom is near. Matthew 3, 2. Matthew, John wasn't quite sure. He had to send his disciples to make sure. And Jesus said, well, look at what happens. Do these things happen in the ordinary world? No, they don't. The kingdom is here. I am here. I am the king. The kingship reveals the kingdom because it's the authority of the king to rule that is his right amongst us. It's not a geographical population. The kingdom expands as individuals grow slowly and come into a relationship with Jesus and it expands out as people come to faith. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, 
then the kingdom of God has come to you. But the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Now you say, you might say to yourself, well, how can this, how can this God, who I scarcely can see, help me to cope with the changes that are manifest in our world now and are going to increasingly develop on the basis of a pace and a growth that we've never understood before? Well, his kingdom is about power. We ought not to believe for a moment that he is unable to do the things that he needs to do. He is the one who comes with authority. He is the one who controls the universe. He is the one who put it in space and will continue to control it. But when we need to know what to do, we need to come to him to find out what's going on. Jesus' gospel was the emancipating power of the kingdom of God taught and demonstrated. Summarise. This first part was just a summarise of last week. The kingdom is a new world entered by rebirth. Kingdom is the theme of Jesus' ministry. In Jesus Christ, the kingdom is present in the, man, in the, in the person of who he is. The kingship revealed the kingdom. What Jesus did is the nature of the kingdom. The way Jesus treated people is the way the kingdom treats people. He loved people. Jesus' gospel was the emancipating power of God taught and demonstrated. Okay, so let's now think about it for a moment. If we step into this place which is called the kingdom of God, why is this different to our world? What are the things that we would expect? I'm going to be able to give you a few examples, but we could keep going all day to talk about the things that God has brought to us as a blessing in this kingdom. It changes life in the here and now as he blesses us with these gifts. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. These things dramatically change society when Jesus is in charge. Dramatically change society. The whole of the place is turned upside down as Jesus began to enact the power which is his authority to express through us. The kingdom is a, a realm of present blessing. It's a gift, present gift to those who are responsive. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Now, in, in the struggles and in the pressures of our world at the moment, and as life changes and as it continues to go on, as it continues to grow, as it continues to develop in ways that we don't understand anymore, as it begins to overtake us, what do we do? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. In this world, our world, you'll get run over. There are no solutions unless you determine really just to flow with the world you can't bury your head in the sand, I'm afraid, folks, sorry. It is happening. In this world, we come to the master and we say to him, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to behave? What am I supposed to believe? What's the gift that he gives to us? In this kingdom, there are special gifts that God has given to us because we belong to it. First of all, let me just deal with five or six examples of the, king, of the gifts. The gift of salvation. 
That's the first gift that he gives to us. He helps us deal with the sense of our own self-betrayal. He helps us deal with the, with the notions in our life that we have never really filled, uh, we're never really satisfied who God is and what he wants for us. And he says to us, I forgive your sin. You don't need to carry backpacks of failure and difficulty and pain and wickedness in your backpack. You don't carry that anymore. I've taken that all away. I've set you free. In this kingdom is freedom. He gives that to us as a gift. And as we move into a world that's difficult to, trans, uh, to transfer our lives into, he says to us, walk free. Carry no burdens. Take no pain. Walk with me. Dance with me by my spirit. And I will take you into, world, into a world of, of freedom from, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's a change, a massive change in people's lives. The gift of salvation. Secondly, there's the gift of forgiveness. I want to talk about this in a little bit more detail because it is a big one. There is a wrestling match in all of our lives to be able to say to somebody who has damaged our lives forever, I forgive you. But the very nature of our faith is predicated on forgiveness. He has first forgiven us. Then he gives us the capacity to forgive others. Then he says to us, don't carry wickedness behind you. Don't let other people's behavior shut you down. This will happen in this world. Everybody will be after your money. Everybody will be looking out to get, see what they can get from you. I want you to know that you can say to those people, I forgive you. And you will not carry any more memories and pain of those hurts. Now, can you see the lifestyle changes that are beginning to happen in this kingdom? The story of the unmerciful servant. Uh, I owe the boss millions of dollars, he forgives me, and I tell my mate who owes me 10, I'm going to send you to jail. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. Forgiveness is a real issue for us because our faith is predicated on forgiveness. If we don't choose to forgive those who are around us, we set up a system in our own mind of backfire. Let me talk about that a little bit later on. The gift of righteousness. The gift, I'm giving examples here. These are not the only ones. The gift of righteousness. The gift to be able to live our lives and to know that we are right before God. The gift to know that as we try and live our lives and fail in that process, he says to us, come to me, confess your sin and I will forgive you, I will heal you, I will set you up on a mountain again as my servant free of sin and pain. This is his gift to us in this kingdom. We operate in our world on the basis of this gift of being righteous before God. But seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. For me, that's a key verse about the kingdom. Seek the kingdom first. This has got to be a priority of our behavior. This has got to be the choice of our life. 
Our focus becomes serving Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Master, and out of that serving will flow the capacity to live in our world. We need to focus our attention as the people of God now more closely into God's kingdom and behave according to the characteristics of this kingdom, then we can cope with that world. Does that make sense? Needing to be prepared to listen to what the kingdom does. Let me tell you another one. The gift of wisdom. What does he say to us? that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you always know what you need to do? Do you know the answer to every question? Do you know what choices to make when the world begins to rage around you? Why do I say live in the kingdom? Because the God of the kingdom is wisdom and when he's when he's he when we say to him please help me with wisdom he says to us that's fine yes i will i'll tell you how to get through this i'll take you this take you through this one step at a time i will equip you you don't have the wisdom to cope with this world you don't have the capacity in your mind to be able to deal with the, the nuances of the, of the wickedness of our world and the, the travelling stuff of our world. You don't have the nuance to do that, but I do. Live in this kingdom, deliberately pursue this kingdom, and wisdom is yours. I'm not talking about people getting PhDs and stuff. I'm talking about insights into life talking about insights into how I might live one day at a time. James 1.5. Then, of course, there's the gift of love. The gift of love. He says, I love you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you through to eternity. And I will be always backing you up. I will always care for you. I will always show you my generosity of spirit. I will open my heart to you. And when I introduce you to the reality of my kingdom, you will discover that the basic foundation of this kingdom is love. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners... Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. Then there's the gift of care. Do you know that he cares for you? Knows your heart. Knows how you feel. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In this kingdom, where we need to focus our attention now on living... These are the gifts of the master. What more could you need? Are you going to find them in this world? You find this a world of you find this a world of generous generosity and love? I don't. I find this a world of being used. He says to us, "Come to me, lay your life into my hands. Let me take the burdens." I will give you a yoke on your shoulders and it'll fit. 
Don't try and carry your load yourself. Work it through with me and I will care for you. I will look after you. I will, I will help with the damage that happens in this world. The invitation? Come dance with me. Allow my Holy Spirit to be the lead partner in the dance of your faith. Let him guide your actions. Let him take you into the future one step at a time. Let him carry you through when he needs to carry you. Let him, let him walk as a companion with you. Let him direct your path. And you will cope in that world because you own this world. Come dance with me. Come live life with me. Come endure a relationship with me. And out of that relationship, come and live in the real. All of these, are co these blessings are a consequence of the personal intimacy of our relationship with Jesus the King. See, I am not talking about knowledge. I'm not talking about knowing what the Bible says, having Bible studies and knowing what the words say. That's a precursor, of course. I'm not talking about though, that, though, as the, the situation. I'm talking about this. Him and me. He's the boss. But I walk as a servant of the living God. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I walk in companionship with the Master. I wake up in the morning and say hello to him. Takes us through the day. And in the evening I say, Lord, thank you for today. I'm not talking about I as me, I'm talking about I as us. This is what we need to move to in our world to be able to cope with the changes that are coming. An intimacy with Jesus Christ, an intimacy of love and relationship with Jesus Christ who will equip us to be everything we need to be and be a part of a family where the family looks after each other where efforts are made to care for one another, follow up with people who are in trouble, look after things, provide finances if we need to. It's a present gift to those who are responsive, the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of righteousness, the gift of love, the gift of care, just to give a few examples. Step into this kingdom and there's a richness of gifts that you know if you plough through the scriptures you'll find named. But the greatest of all, the greatest of all is come dance with me. The greatest of all is come dance with me. Kingdom ministry today. We'll just go through this quickly. In Jesus' life, his ministry emphasis was on teaching and doing. He taught first, then he did. In Acts, Luke's words are a record of Jesus' ministry in his multiple body. The ministry is the same. Ours is the same. He does through us now what he did back then. His authority and his power are the source of our being in this kingdom. And he equips us, therefore, to be the kind of people we're supposed to be. He turns our character into a likeness of Jesus. It takes a lifetime. The changes that slowly happen, and we're characterized by the life of the Master. <laughs> it's wonderful. 
hidden ministry today. And thus Jesus' works in Acts 1, 4, 5 and 8 became crucial to the early church and they are to us. In a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, you know I am not talking about this notion that some people have that we tell the Holy Spirit what to do. We tell him that he must come and he must do this and he must do that and he must behave in this way and he must not behave in that way because that annoys me. That's not what that's about. Come dance with me and I will do what you need. I will know who you are. I will take you where you need to be. You can rely on me and we will have a companionship, a relationship of love. Jesus' ministry is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul's ministry was in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything Paul said and did, if you look at Romans 15, Peter's preaching was a Holy Spirit ministry. The actions of the kingdom back in those days were the actions of those who travelled in unity with Jesus by his spirit. Now, I'm not talking about the spirit needs to be doing massive, wonderful things and great miracles and all that. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ that sees this happen and we fall in love with him and he leads us in the dance. Because the truth is, the ministry of the church today is in the power of the Holy Spirit alone. If we try and dream up what our church is going to look like in five years' time, we're shot. We come to the Lord and say, what do you plan to do over the next five years? What do you plan this church to look like over the next five years? Holy Spirit, guide us in the, in the decisions we need to make, the choices we need to make. Who's the new senior pastor going to be? What do we need to be doing in five years' time? What kind of pastor do we need now to lead us into that situation? Please don't sit down and work it out for yourself. Please don't say, oh, I'm, I'm good at I'm running, a, running a company, so I'll run the church. These things are done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Kingdom ministry today, the ministry of the kingdom here and now, by surrender and yieldedness to Christ, come dance with me. Jesus extends his ministry through you. He begins to use you in ways that you didn't expect and all of a sudden things happen that you didn't understand because you've been preparing for this time of relationship with him and in that relationship he slowly tunes you to the next step he has for you. And that, folks, is the Christian story. That's what happens. By his spirit dwelling in you, filled and guided, whatever phrase you want to use, his ministry expresses itself in and through you. You can't do it on your own. No church can be a church on its own. Any church that decides to run its own, run its own race will die. We've seen quite a few of those around the place at the moment. And we've seen some doing very silly, silly things. Any church 
that chooses to run its own race, he will simply say, bye-bye. Bye-bye, go ahead. So what is life in the kingdom about? It's about being, it's about knowing, and it's about doing. In him we live and move and have our being. It's about those things. Life in the kingdom is entirely at the guidance of empowerment of the spirit in these three things, knowing, being, and doing. Knowing does not mean knowing about. (laughs) I know my wife because I've lived with her for 53 years. I know exactly how she thinks. I know what she's going to do next. I can predict every move because I know her. I don't know the factual information about her only. I know her. She knows me. She knows my foibles. She knows my failures. When we know the master, when we know the one who leads us on as the children of the living God, he takes us into the wonderful things of the kingdom. And they become ours as a matter of course. I want to invite you to behave in your life over these next weeks that takes you into the kingdom. Deal with the issues and deal with the behaviours that allow you to be transformed into into the character and nature of Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe. Because this kingdom is the place where you will survive in that world. Amen. Let me pray. Now, Father God, it's very easy for us to spend our lives knowing about you. It's very, very easy for us to spend our lives doing Bible studies and uh, all sorts of stuff. Very easy for us to uh, uh, run it on our own and pretend that we are your disciples. Come to church on Sunday and then Monday becomes a different kettle of fish altogether. Father God, I want to plead with you for this church that there would be a sense of needing to come into the presence of the living God and by his spirit be led in the dance of life. Would you equip us for a future that we yet don't know anything about but help us to understand the way in which we need to live that life and through whom we will have the power to do so. Amen.